Hey everyone, this is Brian with Church in the Loop. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer and let's ask Him to open our hearts and our minds to His Word now and see what He has for us. Father God, we love you and we need you and we trust you. We thank you for your holy word that you have given to us. Forgive us, Lord, for being so distracted where it often can be on the periphery of our hearts and our minds. Other things uh, chase our hearts away uh, or we chase our hearts after other things. And I pray that now as we get back to your word together, that this will be a time when you can strengthen us and re-fortify in our hearts that desire for you to hunger and thirst after you, God, because Lord, Jesus said, you know, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. So I pray that our hearts would hunger and thirst more and more every day for your word, for who you are, your character in us, your spirit to fill us. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This week, one of my, I, you guys know I manage a, a school bus company, and so every once in a while we have a breakdown. And so this week, one of the buses... Um, broke down and here's what happened. So uh, it was funny. I was uh, listening to the radio. It was in the PM route time, the after school route time. And, and basically that's, you know, the second part of the day that's busy for us as a company because all the buses are picking up the students at school, taking them home. And you're listening, I'm listening to the dispatch radio because I'm, I'm basically monitoring it, making sure everybody's okay. And it was really smooth sailing. It was like, wow, this is so nice. Um, all the routes are going to go great. And the drivers are going to come back. And we're all going to just be able to go home on time. This is, this is turning into a beautiful finish to a very busy day. And I was literally just saying that, like, wow, this is great. And then all of a sudden, one of my drivers get on the radio. And, and she says that um, her, she's having trouble the door that the students go in and out of on the bus, the door was, it was stuck. It, it, it was stuck open. It wouldn't close, um, which is a problem because when you're dropping kids off, you, you know, obviously you open the door, you let the students off, close the door, and then you drive on to the next stop. And you cannot drive with a door that's stuck open. That's just a safety issue. You can't do that. So I told her, sit still. Um, we'll get another bus uh, to you, which we did. And they were able to transfer the students from her bus to the other bus with the school's help. And um, we got everything done safely. And the driver finished the route. And while she was off in the other bus, the rescue bus, I was looking at the broken down door trying to figure out, you know, what happened to it. As it turned out, one of the hinges was um, worn out. So we were just replacing the hinge is all we have to do. Should be a relatively simple fix. When we all got back to base and, and the day was done, I really complimented our driver. I told her, I said, you did a fantastic job because you kind of had a little emergency, you know, with the situation, but you kept calm. And I told her, I said, I'm really impressed with you because whenever you're in a high stress situation, you really keep calm. You don't freak out. You don't panic. And you do a great job of just staying calm, not judging the situation, but handling it well. Well, in the same way, I, I wish that could always be said of me. I wish that could always be said of all of us, that we all stayed calm. But sometimes it's hard. Sometimes we face stress that just rocks our world and causes us uh, either a panic or we freak out or we get angry really quickly. And one of the fastest ways that happens, one of the trigger points, I think, for all of us 
is when we feel misjudged by others, misunderstood. You're living your life, you're doing the best you can, and all of a sudden you feel like, hmm, somebody totally misinterpreted what I said. I did not mean that, or I didn't mean to do that, and now all of a sudden I've got this crisis of feeling judged, feeling misinterpreted, misunderstood, and it's frustrating because you're like, what? That's not at all. what you know. And that's one of the things that I think we all struggle with. So we're going back to Romans chapter 14, and we're really focused on verses 1 through 8. And Paul is writing to this, the Christians in, in ancient Rome, and he's encouraging them to love one another. Now, you have to remember, in ancient Rome, the, this church these Christians met at was a mixed uh, group of people. It was poor people, rich people, and people in between. And it was people from all different walks of life and ethnicities, backgrounds. Some had been slaves and servants, and some had been masters and uh, landowners and all those kinds of things. Some were uh, politicians, some were engineers, some were just your day labor, people just trying to literally make enough to survive. You, and, and then some were Jews and some were non-Jews, the Gentiles. So you had this really mixed group of people. And they're all coming together in the name of Jesus. Now, do you think <laughs> with a mixed group of people like that, can you imagine in your mind, were there any misunderstandings? Were there any things that may have happened that caused them to go, wait, that's not what I meant. That's not what I said. Of course. Um, of course there were. Uh, when you get people together, especially when we all come from different walks of life and stuff, you know, sometimes an expression in one culture can be offensive in another culture. And we didn't even know that. And so it's, it's something that's going to happen. So in this passage, Paul is reminding them that we live for the Lord, but we also die to the Lord. In other words, we're putting our selfish interests aside. We're really trying to live a life that glorifies the Lord and how we treat and love one another ultimately is an expression of our love for God. So let's look at Romans 14. And I want us to see three ways that we can live a life where we daily die unto the Lord. Now, that sounds kind of uh, contradictory to live to die, but it, the idea is putting aside, stepping out of your own uh, self-focus and living for the glory of the Lord. How do we do that? Well, we ha there's things that we've got to refrain from doing, and I want us to focus on three. I'm going to use the word die in the letters D-I-E. These are things that we need to die to. Now, some of these things are like a slow death. It's hard. It's hard. But by identifying them, it will help us. It's kind of like if you were trying to lose weight, one of the ways, the best ways I could recommend to you is obviously exercise and your diet, but just cut out sugar. Just cut out, like if you drink coffee and you normally you put cream and sugar in your coffee, just don't put the, uh, the sugar. Put the cream, but don't put the sugar. And that will cut out probably 100 calories right there. Now, I used to um, always get cream and sugar in my coffee. And that's how I grew up drinking coffee. And, and that was just, I can't drink it black, straight black. It's just too strong for me. But if you put cream and sugar, oh, it's amazing. Then about three years ago or so, I said, you know what? I've read that, you know, we eat too much sugar. We really need to be more intentional about reducing our sugar intake. And sugar can be very addicting. So I'm going to try to not put sugar in my coffee. I'll just put the cream, but not the sugar. 
Now, at first, it tasted bland and weird, like, what is this? It's only got cream. It's missing that sweetness. But then, I can honestly say three years later, that is how I still drink my coffee, without the sugar, only the cream. And occasionally, I'll go to, like, um, a coffee shop, like a, like a Dunkin' Donuts or something, and you're going through the drive-thru or whatever, and you tell them, okay, I want a medium coffee, only cream. And then you pull up to the window after you've paid, whatever, and you take your cup and you drive on. Well, about a mile down the road when you're sipping your coffee, occasionally I'm like, oh man, they put sugar in it. <laughs> I can't drink it. I, I've literally gotten to the place where I'm like, oh, it's just, I can't do it anymore. That's, these are things that I want us to do like that. I, I, these are, I want you to think of these three areas that we're going to identify in that way. Now, it took me time to get to that point. But I really believe if we practice these in our lives, that we can get to that point where we're like, ooh, I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want that to be a part of me anymore. So let's look at the passage and walk away today with these three things. So Romans 14 verses 1 through 8. Listen, what I wanted you to pay attention to is look at how Paul is writing to this mixed group of Christians and he's basically talking about how to get along, how to love one another. Okay, so because this is really where we show our faith is real. He says, Welcome those who are weak in faith, but not for the purpose of quarreling over opinions. Let's pause right there. When he says weak in faith, he means that faith can grow and get stronger. But faith can also be just small because it's new. Uh, And so that's where we have to grow in our faith. So right there is a takeaway. And the takeaway is... Your faith is meant to grow. Your faith in the Lord is meant to get stronger. Right there. It's not a check the box, I have faith in God, I'm done. No. If he says there's those that are weak in faith, then that means we can grow stronger in our faith. So let me ask you this. What are you doing right now for your faith to grow stronger in the Lord? I guarantee you God is working in your circumstances to help that to happen. But are you seeing it as that? Or are you just going, oh, I hate this, I hate that, I'm mad at this, I'm mad at that. And all the while, God is saying, dude, I'm trying to help you grow in your faith. And you're just reacting instead of seeing this as an opportunity to grow. We live on a third floor apartment, and we do our laundry in the basement. And so I'm always on the lookout for quarters, because we always need quarters for our laundry. Um, But... On this third floor, to get to the basement, we don't have an elevator. It's an old building. The building's 100 years old. And so we walk down the steps to the basement. And the steps are outside on the back uh, of the building. So it's kind of like one of these exposed old wooden type of, you know, staircase. And it zigzags down to the basement. Well, if you want your laundry done, that's what you got to do. You got to carry the laundry basket all the way down to the basement. We're on the top third floor. Now, Saturday mornings is my day to sleep in during the week, um, but we know that we've got to hit it fast because if we wait to do our laundry, the other tenant residents in the building are going to be down there. So we have to like beat everybody <laughs> to do our laundry. And it used to be that I li- I hated carrying the laundry down the steps. Um, I just didn't. I, I did it because I didn't want Beth to. It's heavy. The basket's heavy, and so I'm trying to be a good husband and carry it for Beth. Well, I used to hate doing it. Like I really just 
you know, I want to sleep in. I don't want to have to get up, put on the shoes and carry laundry down three flights of steps, especially when it's cold outside and you got to get all whatever bundled, that kind of thing. And it's just kind of like, oh, this is just not how I want to start my Saturday. But when I was carrying it down this morning and I've been working on my attitude on this, I've been thinking to myself, Brian, you like exercise. You like to work out. Yes. Well, use this as like a warm up. This could, these three flights of steps, this is helping your body to wake up. This is a good thing for your body. And that literally changed my attitude. So now when I'm carrying down that, those loads of laundry downstairs, I'm not kind of going, oh, I hate this. I'm going, wow, yeah, this is a good warm-up for my body to kind of wake up. It's had a good night's rest. Time to get moving. So in the same way, I, I think we look at our circumstances and we can grumble and complain, or we can say, hey, how can I look at this in a positive way that the Lord can grow me? How can my faith grow stronger? So let's, let's keep that as our mindset. He moves on. He says, Some believe in eating anything, while the weak eat only vegetables. Those who eat must not despise those who abstain, and those who abstain must not pass judgment on those who eat, for God has welcomed them. Who are you to pass judgment on servants of another? It is before their own Lord that they stand or fall, and they will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make them stand. Some judge one day to be better than another, while others judge all days to be alike. Let all be fully convinced in their own minds. Those who observe the day observe it in honor of the Lord, and those who eat, eat in honor of the Lord, since they give thanks to God, while those who abstain, abstain in honor of the Lord and give thanks to God. We do not live to ourselves, and we do not die to ourselves. If we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. Okay. The first thing that I want us to see with living this life of dying to the Lord, things that we don't want to do, the things that you don't want to do, I, the letter D, don't pass judgment on others. Very clearly, Paul says, hey, some people are only going to eat vegetables. Others are going to eat meat. Don't pass judgment if they only eat vegetables. Don't, don't criticize that. Now, the reason that was such an issue back in Bible days was to buy meat, you went to the public market. And typically, the animals that had been butchered for the meat had been sacrificed to one of the pagan gods. So if you were buying uh, some tenderloin or a ribeye or whatever for that night for a barbecue later, um, that cow or that animal that had been killed was, as it was being butchered, it was offered as a sacrifice to one of the local gods. So some Christians felt like, hey, that meat is contaminated. It's been dedicated to evil because it was dedicated to these these gods. And we don't worship any of those gods anymore. We used to, but we don't do it anymore. So we're not even going to eat that meat. And Paul is saying, hey, I respect that. If that's, if that's what you feel is right for you, then that's the path you need to walk. Now, Paul would say, hey, I can eat it because I know those gods aren't real. There's only one true God, and that's the one I worship through Jesus. But hey, I don't want to be a problem for you on this. And so I respect your right to say, for you, it's not cool. Don't pass judgment on others. And we're so quick to do that. We're so quick to say, well, how come you're not like me? How come you're not the way I am? Um, when I was growing up, we hosted a lot of exchange students um, in our family. And it was kind of neat because we would 
host an exchange student from either maybe Australia or Brazil or Germany. And, and it was always neat because they would, you know, they spoke a different language, but they also spoke a different culture. And almost every single one had the same struggle. And the struggle was, why do you guys do it this way? That's weird. That's dumb. You should do it the way we do it back home. And we would always, you know, gently remind them, hey, um, we understand that the way you guys do things back home is, is very different than the way we do it here, but it's different. It's not better. It's not worse. It's just different. Don't judge it. Just accept it as different. And by the time of the, the end of their stay with us, they embraced that reality. They understood, oh, that knee-jerk reality was kind of immature to say, oh, this is dumb or weird. It's different. You may not like it, but it's different. Don't judge it as better or worse. So what Paul is saying is, look, have that kind of mature attitude. Um, just because people do things differently or they proceed with things differently, but they still love the Lord, don't pass judgment on them. Now, that's hard to do because especially right now in our current political climate in our country here in the United States, there is a lot of political division in our land. Um, there's a lot of times where people can say, how can you be a Republican? Or how can you be a Democrat? How can you support this or that or that person or those policies or whatever it is? How can you say you love God and? And that's where we have to give grace to one another. We have to refrain and stop judging other Christians. Other Christians may vote differently than you vote. And that's hard. That's, and I'll be honest with you, that's hard for me. Because I'm, I read a lot. I, I subscribe to the New York Times. I'm reading it every day. I'm really trying to be well read, and and I'm you know, I'm I'm always trying to read the different arguments and stuff, and I don't understand why some people choose a different way than I do, but people are different than me. Don't judge them. They still belong to the Lord if they're confessing Christ, and so that's where I need to be careful in my own practice. The, the antidote to this is to have a welcoming spirit. There's a frame in this text with the word welcome. You see it in verse 1. He says, welcome those who are weak in the faith. Then it says at the end of verse 3, for God has welcomed them. So God has put out his welcome sign for you and me to come into his house. His house is the church, the body of Christ worldwide centered on Jesus. He's given us a welcome, uh, a welcome sign to come on in. How, how, how can I not have a welcoming heart, a welcoming attitude towards my neighbor? That's where we have to really keep this in check. Are you more of a judgmental person or a welcoming person? You can't be both. You can't be judgmental and welcoming at the same time. You can't. So I want to I throw that question out to you as a challenge. What if, if I were to put that on a scale in front of you, one side of you, the judging part of you goes on one side of the scale, the welcoming side of you goes on the other, which weighs the scale more? We have both. I hope what's trending in your life is there's more and more welcoming in your life towards others. It doesn't mean you approve of what they're doing. It doesn't mean you like what they're doing. But you remember God has welcomed you into his house. Who are you to not have a welcoming heart towards others? Okay. Second, so that's the first thing we need to do is don't, the letter D, if we're going to die unto the Lord, 
don't pass judgment on others. Second thing, letter I, letter I, invest in others. Invest in others just as much as yourself, if not more. You know, self-care is a big, a new word today. I kind of like self-care um, because it, it, it validates our need to take care of ourselves. Now, we can use it as an excuse to be selfish and say, well, I can't help this person because I'm practicing self-care right now. <laughs> but it is important to take care of yourself, especially in a pandemic, especially in the stress that we all face. You do need self-care. It, maybe one, once in a while, you do need to go to the spa. Um, part of the reason I love to go running as a form of exercise is, yes, it's healthy, but I, it's part of my self-care. It's part of me just clearing my head and just getting away from everything without having to travel. Because that, yeah, I can't do that every day. <laughs> but a nice little jog, it can clear my head. It's so nice. It's like a form of self-care. So we do need that. But one thing that the Lord has spoken to my heart more recently is investing in others. One way that we can die to ourselves and die to unto the Lord in a way that glorifies the Lord is, am I investing in the lives of others? Um, I recently uh, downloaded this app. I, I won't tell you which one because there's some people that are like, why are you using that app? And others will be like, yeah, that's cool. I, so I don't want to like make this a commercial about it. But it's an app that allows you to um, invest in the stock, stocks as little as a dollar. Uh, you know, I, you, when you think of investing in stocks, you know, you think of saving for your future, that kind of thing, which is important. Uh, I've never really been able to because um, I'm really trying to, like, pay off some bills right now and focus on that. But we recently been able to pay off some things. And I thought, you know what, I can take $5 here, um, $5 there, and, and maybe invest in a couple stocks that I see as possible growth opportunities and hey maybe by the time I retire these stocks will be worth something and they can help me retire I don't know whatever but the point is it's the app has made investing fun it, it makes it where you don't need a lot of time and a lot of money to do it it's not like you need thousands of dollars or even hundreds of dollars you can literally use just a dollar and invest in a, a stock now you won't be able to buy the whole stock but but a dollar can get you a piece of it and it's made it interesting. And in the same way, the Lord has challenged me, okay, Brian, you're excited about that, and that's cool, but are you investing in others with that same level of excitement? Are you investing in them to see more of me, to, to know more about me, to plant seeds about me in them? And look for those opportunities. Look for those little ways to plant seeds of hope, redemption, forgiveness, deliverance from evil into the hearts of other people. A lot of people are struggling with the shame of their past. A lot of people know that they're screw-ups and they, they've gone down roads they shouldn't have. Are you investing in them to say, hey, there's hope. This is, life is not a dead end for you. Um, yes, we're sinners, but there's forgiveness through Christ. Are you investing in them for that purpose? And so I just want to encourage you guys, look for ways to invest in other people. Um, and, and look at, the again, the frame there about welcome. If you have a welcoming heart towards others, the investment will flow. The investment will flow. Um, I, I, just, I just want to encourage you to, to think about that, to think of ways to just allow for a conversation here or there. Because when you talk to someone else, you're saying, you are worth my time. 
you are worth my consideration. You have a value to me that's more than just, uh, I'm glad you're an employee or I'm glad you're a coworker. No, this is, you're a human being. You're worth, you're worth it to me. And so one of the ways that we can invest in people is to listen to them, be patient with them, be supportive, and, and be there for them. Just be present. It, it doesn't take much, but we all get so busy that it's easy not to be done. Um, the other day, our cat, he, uh, he was like, he, he, sometimes he goes and he, he just sits in his litter box. It's like he almost lays there. And we Googled, why would a cat just sit in their litter box? Well, it says they, that's when they feel stressed or anxious. And I was sitting on the couch watching TV and I'm thinking, I'm thinking, well, if he's stressed and anxious and, and I'm, I'm on the couch and he's sitting in his litter box, what can I do? To help relieve that. So I just got on my hands and knees and just kind of went over by him. I was like, hey buddy, what's up? And he, he got out of the litter box and he wanted to play. That was me investing in my cat. Say, hey, I love you. And I took the time. I got off the couch. In the same way, people are so much more important. But how many people around you are sitting in their litter box wondering, is anybody going to notice me? Is anybody going to take time for me? And that could be you. That could be you because... God wants to use you to bring hope to them and love and attention that they need because that's God's a channel of God's love. So look for ways to invest in others. Now, you may be feeling, well, I wish somebody would invest in me. I get it. I feel that way often. But here's the thing. When you feel that way, turn it around and look for somebody to invest in. That's the best thing I can tell you because otherwise you just focus on yourself and you just... You just feel sorry for yourself. Nobody's talking to you. Nobody's texting you. Nobody's reaching out to you. Turn it around. Look, who can you do that with? Who You want a friend? Be a friend. And it's really true. Look for ways to invest in others. And then the letter E. If, you, if we're going to die for the Lord, don't pass judgment on others. Invest in others. And then the letter E is exercise patience with others. Exercise patience with them. People are a process. People take time. I won't tell you how old I am. Um, I'm definitely in my middle age years. And it's interesting. Um, one of the things that's interesting is when you get in your middle age, you start getting a sense of wisdom that you didn't have in your younger years. A sense of perspective. Because I can look back on things that I was very strongly against or just couldn't understand how anybody would ever think that way. And then here I am going, hmm, that's me now. <laughs> now, if you had told me back then, Brian, that's going to be you, I'd be like, no, never. But guess what? You know, I've got some age now. I've got some wisdom. I've got life experience. And I realize that life's not always as simple as we want it to be. It's complicated. And so what I want to encourage you guys is this. Exercise patience with other people. Don't be in a hurry to put them where you are and don't be in a hurry to judge them in, in any of that because people need time. They need time to grow. They need time to grow. It's springtime here in Chicago, uh, almost. Um, winter is fading. Spring is coming. And the other day, I, I through the snow on the ground, I saw the tulips blooming. They're not blooming, but sprouting out of the ground. And it amazed me that these tulips could actually grow out of that 
frozen uh, tundra of ground that we've had here in Chicago. And now he's got these flowers that are they're blooming. And they're poking their way up through the snow. I was like, wow, that is really cool. And pretty soon they'll be beautiful. And they'll be reminding us that spring is here. In the same way, exercise patience with others. Don't judge somebody's winter against their spring. All right? In other words, maybe you're frustrated because they are not doing what you want them to do, or they cannot seem to understand what you want them to understand, but give them time. And sometimes that time takes years. It can take years, but exercise patience. I think I told you guys that I had a, years and years ago when I was younger, I had a falling out with my dad when I was about 15 years old. And it got worse to the point where when I went off to college and I was 18, um, he actually like disowned me. Now, that was quite a while ago. That was like 30 years ago, almost 35. And there, I just told you my age. <laughs> now, I saw him um, recently because he's, he's in a nursing home. He's not doing that well. I appreciate you guys pray for him. And I got to pray with him. And I got to lead him to Jesus, which was awesome. But I got to hold his hand and tell him how much I loved him, how, how much God loved him. He squeezed my hand. He, he cried tears. I cried tears too. I let him know that, hey, I, all is forgiven, Dad. I love you. Now, it took 30 years to get to that point. But guess what? We did. Now, I know with some people that may never happen. And, and that's a regret of our broken world that we're in. You can't force that on people. But my point is this. People are a process. Give them time. Give them time. Exercise patience. And also, exercise patience with yourself. Why? Because the Lord does with you. If the Lord is patient with you, what right do you have not to be with yourself? See? We need patience with ourselves because we are a process. There are things you're learning right now that will strengthen you in the future. But right now, you're just learning the concepts, and that's okay. You're still going to be making mistakes, but one day, maybe you won't be making those mistakes anymore because your faith is going to turn a corner, and you're going to be like, I don't want to go back to that. I don't want to go back to who I was in that certain area of my life. And God's going to give you the strength to not turn that corner and go back. Um, to, he, well, he's going to give you the strength to turn the corner and not go back around the, from where you came. But it takes time. It takes patience. And through Christ, you'll get there. But be patient. And here Paul is saying, look, be patient with these folks. Even Paul was a story of that. He once totally persecuted Christianity. He put people in prison, had them killed. And now here he is preaching Jesus. He understands being patient with people. Because look at himself. Look at how far he had come. And if you had told him back then, hey, Paul, one day you're going to be a big person in Christianity, always talking about Jesus and spreading this good news about Jesus, he would have been like, no way. No way. And now that's what he's, that's what he's doing in Romans 14. It's amazing. God was patient with him. And God is patient with you. Be patient with others. Exercise patience. I want to close with this illustration 
um, there's a uh, New York Public Library. I remember as a kid, I, I, my family, my dad and my sister and I, we took a trip to New York, and it was the first time I had ever been to New York, and as, and I was just a child, and but I remember the trip, and I remember one of the places we went was the New York Public Library, um, which is kind of a uh, a landmark type of place to see. In the front of the library, there's these grand, there's like a grand staircase leading to the front of it. There's these two lions on each side of that grand staircase. Now, the lions were given as a gift to the city, uh, placed there in front of the library during the Great Depression in the 1930s. And they were given a, a gift to remind the people of two things, because each of the lion, lions has a name, patience and fortitude. Patience and fortitude. And the message was... We're in a Great Depression. People are suffering. It's hard. But be patient and have fortitude. Fortitude is have resolve. Have a sense of we're going to get through this. Have a sense of we're going to stay the course. We're not going to give up. And I really believe that if we're going to be a people who live unto the Lord and then also die unto the Lord, if we're going to be a people who look for ways to practice these things that we've talked about, who don't pass judgment on others, but instead have a welcoming heart, who invest in others, who look for ways to help others and feel welcome and, and valued. And if we exercise patience with others, it's going to take fortitude. It's going to take fortitude. And I want to encourage you guys that just as you need to be patient with yourself and with others, Practice fortitude. Stay the course. Don't give up on living for Jesus. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes things don't go the way we want them to go. And it's easy to think, I'm going to give up. But it's those little investments over time that add up. Not the big ones, but the little ones. And the little ones is, every day you're making a choice to say, I want today to count for Jesus. And I'm going to ask him for help. That goes for now. That goes for tomorrow. Now, yesterday is gone. Let it go. But today can be a new day for you. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that your word says we are the Lord's. We belong to you. And we want to live like a people who do truly belong to you. We are a broken people. We are people who struggle. We are people who end up judging others, who misunderstand things, who even judge ourselves. We're harsh with others. We don't love the way we're, we should love. We don't love the way you love us. Oftentimes, we're not very welcoming towards others. We're not very patient. And we really don't invest in others like we should. But God, you, <laughs> you invest in us. Through Christ, you have taken judgment from us. And now you just pour forth your, your love and acceptance upon us through Christ. And you are constantly, God, doing things with us in loving patience as we grow in you. And so I pray that you would help us to have the fortitude to stay the course, to trust in you, and to keep following, to keep growing, and not give up. And on those days and times we feel like it, I pray for a friend or someone to encourage us, some encouragement to come our way, and that your scripture would remind us that your Holy Spirit would bring a scripture to our hearts that would remind us to keep 
stay the course to keep going. Don't give up. Why? Because you didn't give up on us. And we're not going to give up on you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray.